Hey, Maniacs, it's Sarah. Just a little note before this show starts. We're talking about Fit for Murder this week, which is an episode where a few kind of um, annoying people get killed in a spa. This made us think about the fact that there have been some recent tragedies that this might evoke in your memory from the news. Our hearts go out to those people who are affected by those tragedies in Atlanta, Georgia, and in Boulder, Colorado. But we see our job as being a break from all that tragedy and an opportunity to laugh and to share something that you have in common with people instead of our differences. So with that being said, on with the show. Midsummer Maniacs, a recap podcast dedicated to ITV series Midsummer Murders. Each week, we dig into the episodes of the show, including the murders, the mayhem, the loonies, and everything else we love. We love you, Tom. I'm Mark. Whenever I hear the word loonies, I automatically say, and everything else we love. In any context. Nice. It doesn't matter. It could be talking about Canadian $1 coins. Which don't exist anymore, do they? Yes, they do. It's pennies that don't exist. Ah, in okay. I thought they got rid of loonies. The loony still exists. I'm Sarah, by the way. <laughs> if you let your kids watch this show with muddy boobs, then they should be okay for the podcast. Yeah, it's fine. It's pretty safe episode. I'm going to try not to get emotional. Tom's well, last episode. Hey, hey we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to Save that. it for next time. Yep couple of things off the top. People in the UK have been watching episodes of season 21 and season 22. So on the 21st, they saw the B episode. And on the 28th, which will be yesterday, when the podcast drops, they watch with bated breath, which we have a mini episode for on the website, mini episode four. Mm-hmm on the website that is spoiler free. So you can listen to it before you watch that episode. Absolutely. Now people in North America have seen those episodes already. We saw them almost over a year ago, almost 18 months ago, but then the 22 season 22, we have not seen four, four 21. The wolf hunter of little worthy premieres on ITV. Do not spoil this for us, please. (laughs) You even set up a thread on the subreddit, didn't you? It's like, if you want to talk about it, talk about it here. And if you haven't seen it, don't read it. I'm not even going to look in it, man. That's what you got to do. I'm not looking in it. And then I'm assuming probably the Sunday after that, which would be 4... 11? 11. Yeah. 2202, the Stitzer Society will be shown. Mm Mm-hmm. Hopefully, if you see those episodes and we don't, uh, keep your mouth shut. (laughs) (laughs) Talk amongst yourselves. Yes, please. Don't spoil it for everybody else. Yes. And we will do many episodes when season 22 comes out again. Those sort of watch it like a maniac episodes got lots of uh, attention to us and uh, we're uh, very popular. So we'll do that again. And then we'll revisit those mini episodes when we get to those episodes. In the normal order of the episodes. In the normal order of the episodes. Speaking of order of the episodes, this is episode 81 for us, dropping on the 29th of March, uh, 2021. 
which will be uh, Tom Barnaby's final episode. And Joyce's final episode and Cully's final episode. George makes a reappearance later. George does make a reappearance. Next week, on the 5th of April, we will drop a mini episode. And that will include all the best Barnaby bits that you guys have been sending to us. As well as our own best Barnaby bits. Mm-hmm. And uh, keep watch on the Twitter and the the reddit and all that good stuff for some interesting stuff coming down this week and then we are going to take some time off because wow <laughs> <laughs> this is the busiest time of the year for me i don't know why this has managed to uh sort of cross with my other side gig as being the most busy time of that side gig and i'm just going to have to take some time off. Well, when you say time off, we're going to take like a week or two. Yeah, we're going to take that's all. We're going to take two weeks, which means we will return with the first John Barnaby episode on April twenty sixth. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, long. it's not a hiatus. No, nope. nothing like that. Just we're a just, break. We're just taking a break because, Lord, we need one. <laughs> <laughs> Along with that. Uh, again, if you want to send in your best Barnaby bits, please do. We have some great audio. Please send it to midsummermaniacs at gmail.com or on the Twitters or on the Instagram. Twitters that have been noticed by certain people. Yes, by certain actors who are in uh, seasons that are upcoming. Yes, Mr. Hendricks and Fiona Dolman. You got corrected. Yeah. There's only one winter. It's not winters. It's winter. <laughs> He had to point that out. And we're like, hey, while we got your attention, if you ever want to come on the show, you can come on the show, okay? Yep. <laughs> and uh, if they even make any noise about coming on the show, we'll be sure to tell you as soon oh, as possible. Oh, yes. <laughs> Along with that, we're going to be ending the charity part of our merch. Mm-hmm. So what that means is by the 15th of April, if you purchase merch before the 15th of April, that will contribute to our Contribution to direct relief. Yes. We're going to give all of the money that that we've raised through the merch up till April 15th. It's going to go to direct relief. And uh, we'll send out a little note that says what, how much that was and what they're going to do with it and anything else uh, around that. And then after that, all the money is ours. <laughs> yeah, all the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've been waiting, you know, kind of putting it off, you thinking that you might want a hoodie or a sticker or something. Do it now. Um, That money's going to go to a good cost. It is fantastic that people wear our merch. I think it's utterly amazing. Uh, We have some Amazeballs fans out there, so. We love you as much as you love us. Absolutely. There was a note on Reddit just today about where the show notes are that I talk about. I write up the show notes and put them on the social media page of each episode and that's listed in the twitter the facebook and the instagram posts for every episode so if you're having trouble finding show notes just contact me i'll make sure that you get the right show notes there's not a link to them in the show description on like stitcher right no is that the problem yeah there's not a link there so meanwhile speaking of trouble oh yes you're in trouble with your sister (laughs) 
As a recap, last week, Sarah told an embarrassing story about her sister. And I only have the one, so she can't even pretend it's about my other sister, right? One of our longtime listeners, Oxford Lass, said she had to pull over the car. She was laughing. <laughs> so so I called my sister on the, on the night that, that the episode dropped, and I was just like, um... I got to tell you something. You're probably going to be <laughs> mad at me, but um, yeah, I told the Kmart wig story on the podcast <laughs> and I really didn't think that my sister listened. I, like she knows about Midsummer. I love you, Laura. Yep. Um, uh, but I didn't think she, she's very busy. Laura's very, fantastic. Yeah. Well, first um, of all, she's a healthcare worker. So thank you. Absolutely. Um, and she's a healthcare worker in a in a prison. Yeah, <laughs> which is so brave. It's a job I could never ever do. Yeah, and she's excellent at it. Yeah. Um, but I I kind of I just well I called the teaser really yeah, just she did. to tell her that I did it because I'm a little sister and no matter how old I get I'm still a little sister. And she's like Sarah Brooke. I have people at work who listen. I've told them your podcast is so good and they listen. <laughs> And I said, well, then I guess it's good that I told you because you're going to go to work tomorrow and people are going to be like, Kmart, do you have wigs? <laughs> and you wouldn't know how they knew about it. I said, just be glad that the inmates can't listen because yes. that would have been really weird. <laughs> that would have been a difficult situation. <laughs> I just I just had this image of walking through the cell block because, you know, I know what a prison looks like because I've watched TV. I'm sure that's exactly what they look like. You're walking through the cell block and you just hear, Kmart, you got wigs. Kmart, you got wigs. Kmart, you got wigs coming from every cell. That's what oh, I imagined. Poor Laura. Uh, I think she, she was laughing. I think she's okay. It's just one more thing for her to be mad at me about that I've done to her in my life. I love your sister. She's fantastic. So. I've probably scarred her many, many other ways, so it doesn't matter. I'm a bad little sister. Oh, so fit for murder. Yes. Our Brad- last Barnaby. Episode 81, filmed July and June of 2010, broadcast Tom, anyway. on the 2nd of February, 2011, the night that old ladies in England were sad. Oh, and there was so much sad. Now, do you think people knew that it was going to be his last episode? Well, considering this has 8.1 million viewers, I'm thinking yes. Yeah, people knew. Because... Let's be honest, it's not the best of episodes. <laughs> I think it's fun. It's now, a- it has two endings, right? There's the ending that's just the birthday party and the ending that where he announces his retirement. Which one aired? The one that aired on that night was the one that has the birthday party in full. It, with the retirement announcement. Yes. Yeah. And then when it went out in reruns, they just put the birthday party ending on it. I guess. That I don't know why they did it. I tried to look up an ITV's mom on the whole thing. I think the reason why they did they did an ending with just it being a birthday party was that if you were watching it in syndication or something, you might be watching them sort of out of order, and so it it, it wouldn't make much sense to you. I suppose. And so we watched them out of order the first time. So yeah, so it just ends with the birthday party. But we'll get to that point. Directed by Rennie Rye, who's directed a whole bunch of them, and written by Alan Andrew Payne. I need to tell you one thing about one of the actors in this right off the top. Okay. Um, 
Leslie Manville is her name, and she plays Phoebe Archbold. Yes. She stars in the new series Magpie Murders, which is based on Anthony Horowitz's books. Anthony Horowitz wrote the screenplays for the first, I don't know, season, two seasons of Midsummer. He's written lots of good books. I'm so excited about that series because I love those books so much. Yeah. Um, And she's she's the main character. So I know they're in post-production right now. I can't wait. That is going to be a series I can't wait to see. Yeah, it's going to be super good. We start out, we're at the spa. Yes. And they suavely. Suavely. Yes. That is hard to say. And I keep wanting to say Archibald. And it's it's just Archibald. Your tranquility is ours. That sounds like a threat. I know. <laughs> Tom's right. Like all your tranquility are belong to us. Yes. <laughs> and we have, we we really have two couples, right? We have... Miranda and Carter, who aren't a couple. No. Though we never see Carter's kids and wife. They're in town. They're referred to. They're all the way in town. Uh, It's the episode of Missing Children. Yeah. So we've got Carter and Miranda, and then we've got Luke and Phoebe. Yep. But then we also have Kenny and Kitty. Yes. So that's another couple. And then, of course, we've got Tom and Joyce. Yes. And we have the couple... In the green track suits. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of interesting people in the background of this spa. But the green tracksuit pair may as well have just stepped out of the episode where they have the, the Temple of the Sun guy and yes. the, the, the couple that wear the pyramids on their yep. heads. Like they are just one accessory away from being in that episode with those tracksuits on. <laughs> so what has happened is... Phoebe and Luke run a spa out of a manor that she inherited. Mm-hmm. Her friend Miranda owns a house on the land that is only accessible through this spa, basically. Right. And it's a private residence, though. It's like a dower house. Yeah. Right. And Miranda's supposedly writing a book. Has been for 30 years or something. Carter is mean to people for no reason at all. And doesn't seem to do any work. I don't know what she pays him to do besides mow the grass every once in a while. Miranda also is exceptionally mean to people. You think so? Yeah, she's like, get out, go away. Oh, she's trying to warn people off. There's nothing there for you. They'll damage your health and take all your money. She's writing a book on lined paper by hand, Mm -hmm. which I have to say is impressive. With a fountain pen. With a fountain pen. (laughs) And she like, okay. I've written book-length fiction projects. Yes. And I covet those things. I still keep them. Mm-hmm. I've carried them with me for almost 40 years. Mm-hmm. I understand why she's putting that book in the safe. If yeah. that is the only copy, like, We wow. find out later that yeah. she's got copies made of it, but... That's still not the original manuscript, right? The original is the original. So, I, yeah, I completely understand. Yeah. So everybody converges upon the spa in the evening, except for the Barnabys. Mm-hmm. And Kitty gets up the next morning. Kitty who Kitty and... Kitty Ken, and Kenny's arrival is awesome. She's pounding cheeseburgers in the car because she's going for a detox and she knows she's not going to get that food. Voluntarily, she's going to do this, paying a lot of money to do this. Yep. And yet she's inhaling (laughs) cheesy, fatty burgers on the way in. And they're the I hate you, I love you couple. Yeah. And I think they're new money too. 
Yeah. Right? They're like the mayor of cost and yeah. rich. Yeah. And he's got a ponytail. He does. And he's one of those guys who wears his sunglasses on top of his head all the time. He does. No matter when it is during and, the day. And is supremely interested in golf. <laughs> kind of, I guess. I guess. More interested in women and booze, but yeah. They're, they're characters. Yeah. In the recap, when he comes on to Phoebe, I'm like, oh. Ew. No. <laughs> Don't do that, man. We'll get there. Anyway, the next morning, Kitty needs some contemplation. <laughs> so she is off to the Garden of Contemplation. Where the giant Buddha lives. <laughs> please be quiet. There's a sign that says, yeah. please be quiet. And she finds... It's full of sheep. Or goats? Goats. Full of goats. And if she passes out. I have in my notes a, a pun that I just realized she would have heard them. Oh. Get it? Heard? Oh, you're bad. I didn't realize I did that. She passes out and falls down. And, of course, because you can't pass out standing up, Sarah. No. <laughs> um, but it's like elbow-to-elbow elbow goats in there. Like, and they're packed in. What would she look like after being on the ground for five minutes with goats everywhere? She would be covered. It wouldn't be pretty. With goat shit. And I think she'd be stomped on too. I think I they'd think walk so. all over her. Yep. Goats love to climb on stuff. Yep. They'd be like, I'm going to stand on that. Goats and sheep. <laughs> now I think they're sheep though. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I do think they're sheep. Sheep. I do think they're sheep. Either way, they'd be all over her. Yes. Right? Do you know how to tell the difference between a goat and a sheep? It's the way their tail points. Yeah. Yeah. Go, one of them's down and one sheep of them's up. Is down. Sheep is goat, down, goat's up. Goat's up. Yeah. Yeah. But Plus I, the weird hexagonal eyes of demonhood. <laughs> that goats have. Yes. Um, but when we see her on the, the gurney and the doctor's taking care of her, she's awfully clean and tidy. And I just don't think she would be. <laughs> I think her pink velour tracksuit would be rather soiled after falling down around a bunch of sheep. The doctor has everything figured out about this place. Oh, yeah. He understands Dr. what Danby. he can get away with. Mm -hmm. He understands how he can exploit the the people at the, the spa. Mm -hmm. He understands what women he can get away with, what things with. I don't think he's evil or bad. no. no. But he is of questionable moral character. He's not a pill pusher, though. No, he's not. Right? He's not writing prescriptions for pay. So he does have some morals. Yep. And he's really just the older version of Frederick Benteen Brown from Tainted Fruit anyway. Yes. It's the same actor. Yeah. He may as well be the same character. He might as well be the same he guy. He just went away and got a degree. <laughs> yes. And now he does this. <laughs> oh, touch my heart. Gosh. <laughs> Kitty is something else. The actress who plays Kitty, her name's uh, Ronnie and Kona, and she usually does comedy. Yeah. She's like she's so many credits for doing comedic sort of skit yeah. stuff. She's really funny. She's exceptionally funny. <laughs> so the Barnabys arrive and they go to their room. And Tom, it's not going to be tranquil if you keep complaining, Tom. Of, of course, Tom is not into this at all. No. But that room is so nice. It is nice. I was like, Tom's not paying for this. <laughs> well, and he's got a police physical coming up, a medical coming up. 
and it, his birthday is coming up. He keeps saying so his arm is sore and his shoulder sore. The Himalayan herbs may help him, though. <laughs> uh, tofu casserole. Yep. Barnaby has high blood pressure here, mm-hmm. which is a real thing. And the doctor says, you got to take it easy, man. Well, yeah. I mean, he's actually a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's not. I know there are a lot of spas and private kind of quasi-medical facilities that might have a doctor on the payroll that are just there to kind of go, oh, well, you pulled a muscle, you'll be fine, you know. But he seems to genuinely care about Tom's health. So, yeah, I mean, I I have respect for Dr. Danby. Now, when you find out that he's sort of passing his daughter information so that she can look psychic... Yes. Then, you know, he's a little, but, but it's also kind of like, well, but the kind of people who come to this kind of place, they want that experience. They want to feel like something mystical happened. So they're just giving them what they paid for. Yep. You know? Now, now Tom says something here that bothers me mentally. What? He says he hasn't been to his GP in years. And kind of bragging about the fact that he hasn't been to the doctor in forever. I got to tell you, men, I'm talking to you, men, (laughs) go to the doctor on a regular basis. It's important. It will make you feel better. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel better. Carter's reading Crime and Punishment. Yes, he is. And I thought, okay, they make this big deal out of Carter being a reader, right? Yes. Because he looks like an odd job guy. The books just pour out of his van. They just out, pour out, out of his out truck. Of his truck. Uh, so he's reading Dostoevsky. And I thought, I wonder if there's some weird parallel between Crime and Punishment and the plot of this story. Mm. And so I had to go back and review because it's been so long since I've read Crime and Punishment. I can confirm there's absolutely nothing in common <laughs> between Crime and Punishment. No matter how far you reach, it's like a metaphor for something. And No, there. it's just, it, no, it's not there. Speaking of bad, tofu casserole. Every time I have been to a resort-type hotel, there has been a couple there who are Kitty and Kenny. Mm-hmm. Every time. Who knows where the local pub is? The cricketers. A couple who have come there thinking that being there would fix something. Yeah. And neither of them wants to fix it, but they've both gone along with it. And so all they do is fight and bicker. The one time I was in Jamaica at one of those all-inclusive resorts, there were two couples like that. Oh, my gosh. And if one of them wasn't at breakfast, the other one was, and it, they would fight over whether the ocean was wet. It didn't matter. And so it just became like the whole week just became a show of watching these two couples to see how drunk they would get and how much they would fight. At least Kitty and Kenny, when they get the bottle of vodka, kind of make up for a little bit. Well, so they go back to their room and there's a bottle of vodka. And there's no, I'll tell you what what that room is not filled with. That room has no self-control in it. Nope. He's like, oh, come on, you want some? She's like, oh, okay. (laughs) You're right, I do. And someone comes to the door. Dun, dun, dun. Kitty doesn't say, oh, it's you. Yes. Because that would tell us for sure that she's about to die. But she says like, oh, hi, which basically is, oh, it's you. Yes. Or what are you doing here? Yes. Or whatever code for you're about to kill me. Speaking of, Joyce, the next morning, is off to the flotation pit. Uh, What do you think about the deal that Joyce makes with Tom? That they have to stay long enough for him to have one treatment and then they can go home if he doesn't like it. I don't like that. Why not? Because he should get off his crocker and enjoy himself. Get off his what? <laughs> like <laughs> his crocker? What? 
You just made that word he up. He should just enjoy himself. She shouldn't have to make that deal with him? Yeah. See, I think if if it, if if you and I were in this situation, it would be you making that deal with me. Well, yeah. <laughs> you'd say, Sarah, you've got to relax. You've got to just, you'll like it. You just got to go with it. I'd be like, nope, not going to do this. you would be like, just you do one thing. Nope. <laughs> well. I don't even like getting manicures and pedicures. The areas available in this area are oh, at the spa. At the spa, aromatherapy. Okay. Reflexology. Okay. There's a steam room and a plunge pool. Okay. A mud therapy room. Mm-hmm. More on mud at some point soon. Uh huh. Sensory room. What's that? I don't know. Sensory deprivation room. I guess a tanning studio. Flotation therapy. Okay, tanning is not healthy. Why do they offer that? I don't. It's open daily or by appointment. What happens is the Barnabys have a a moment back in their room where they talk about this stuff. And then there's this kind of scene of the crime suspenseful moment. And the subtitles are fantastic. So you're talking about when Joyce is about to get into the flotation pool? No, no, no. This is the night before. Oh, okay. So the night of the murder. Okay. The Oh, it's you night. Yes. Okay. The, you, we hear clanging, clanking, groaning, and grunting. Oh, this is when Tom's laying in bed awake. Yes. That's yeah. what he hears. And then he hears the car drive he away. He hears the car drive away. Yes. So so Joyce's morning treatment is going to be the marine mud. No, no, no. She's going to the flotation yes. pool. Yes, she's going to the flotation and pool. And Tom is supposed to go have a hot stone massage. Yes. Now, I have had a hot stone massage. It was nice. I can understand warm rocks on your body, especially tense muscles. It's would nice. feel good. It's not that much better than like a heating pad. No. Being put on your back. But it wasn't bad. No. But I don't know about this flotation pool. Oh, see, I'm I'm the opposite. You put me in that pool with that little thing around my head and some music on. You just take a nap. I'm there the rest of the day, man. <laughs> well, and so it's a whole room, right? Yeah. It's a room, but usually it's a pod. Yes. So it's it's like a shell, like a clam shell, and it closes on you. Now you can open it. Yeah. You can just push it open. It doesn't lock or anything. Yeah. But you can close it. Yeah. And just thinking about that <laughs> makes me want to hyperventilate. It makes me want to punch out. <laughs> just thinking about being in one of those pods. I'm like, put some music on in here too. <laughs> So I wanted to understand this flotation pool. It's like dark. It's it's body temperature water or just a little bit more. Yeah. It's highly salinated because that helps you, so float, you float, right? Yeah. And it's very dark. And you're supposed to just relax and kind of zero gravity. Which is weird that there's a big window there. So they can look in on you? Yeah. I guess to make sure you're okay? I guess. I mean... Even the little pods have like a little porthole at the top. <laughs> you can see, are you dead in there? Nope, floating around. Okay, you're so, all good. So you did some research into the Well, I just wanted to know what the thing was. It sounds relaxing to me to float. I like to float in water. I can understand and that. I, where I thought it all came from is sensory deprivation tanks that were big in the 70s. Well, and, and there it, was a movie called Altered States about that. Yes. So Altered States is about, it's like a fictionalized version about the origin of this 
kind of treatment, yes. right? And oh, my search history. So <laughs> I go looking for uh, what's it like to be in a flotation chamber? Okay. Because I wanted to read like accounts of people who liked it or didn't like it to kind of get a sense of what, what people try to get out of it, you know? Yeah. Other than just a relaxing nap, because I think that's probably what would happen to me if you didn't close the pod on me, as I would probably just be comfortable. The very first thing I found was an article that started with all caps that says, you cannot pee in the flotation tank. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. We might have a problem. They don't drain them in between people. Oh! But they're highly saline, right? They've got so much salt in them. And there's other chemicals in there that they claim that they're cleaner than swimming pools. Though they usually don't have chlorine in them, but they have other things in them. Do you go... Okay, I know Joyce doesn't, but do you normally go in naked in one of these things? It seemed to be about 50-50 from what I read. Okay. People who are really into them go in naked because it's freeing, right? And it's it's more comfortable. But I think it also depends on where you're going and whether or not you feel comfortable there. Yeah, I can understand. But there are so many Reddit threads about whether people pee in them or not. <laughs> and like, can you can you help it? If it's that relaxing, does it just happen? Yeah, I can see that. You know? Or I can pee that. <laughs> you can pee that. But then I went looking for the origin of them. Okay. Okay. And they the the concept was originally invented by Dr. John C. Lilly. Okay. Now Lilly is something else. He did the majority of his work in the sixties and seventies, and a lot of it was about um, let's take something that's kind of semi therapeutic, like meditation, and add LSD and see what happens. Okay. <laughs> and let's not do it in a clinical setting. Let's just do it wherever, you know, we feel like it. So not much of a scientist, you're saying. No. And he was really hyper-focused on whether people could talk to dolphins. Oh, okay. I'm not sure where that fits in the whole, like, improving your health kind of thing. Okay. But he, he built this facility, and he had NASA funding for a lot of this stuff. He built this facility where he had three dolphins, two females and a male, and they were they had trainers there and grad students there, and they were doing this kind of regime of interacting with the dolphins to try to teach them to communicate. Yes. That was the idea. I'm sure I've heard of that work. Not to teach them English. No, no. But to teach them to communicate in more complex ways than like you might see at SeaWorld or whatever, yes. right? Because we think they have the capacity. Their brains are certainly big enough. Brains are big enough. Uh, to be capable of it. Yeah. But then it went off the rails. Oh, because this this woman, Margaret Howe Lovett, just happened to be on the same island where this facility was built. And she liked dolphins. Okay. So she just wandered over and said, hey, what are you guys doing with dolphins? And is there any way I can help? Okay. And so they kind of gave her busy work because they did have volunteer interns doing a lot of it. But she really got into it. And then Lily thought that she was like intuitively in in sync with the dolphins okay like she seemed to be more effective in interacting with them than other people were she was a dolphin empath an adept at dolphin talk yes uh so she took it one step further okay because what they would do was they would have these big tanks it was like an entire like complex of tanks and they would interact with the dolphins and then at night they would put them in a specific tank and the water the water was circulated from the ocean so it was like kind of like on the water it was really complicated anyway she's like why do we keep going home at night how are we going to teach them to talk 
if we keep ditching them every night and going home. We got to stay here. Okay. Well, nobody else wanted to stay no. there. She says, I'll stay here. I'll live with the dolphins. Well, I'll live with one dolphin. I'll live with Peter, the male dolphin. Oh, this this is going to go off the rails. Oh, uh-huh. So she did. I mean, they they revamped the whole place. She she had like a bed that was like semi-suspended over the water. And when the water, when the tide was high, she was like in water. So the dolphin could come right up to her. She had a desk that was like suspended on, on the side of the pool. And she lived there for uh, two years. Oh. Um, she got a little bit too close oh. uh, to the male dolphin. Do, do I'm not going to go into details. Okay. It, it went, it got real, real weird, right? Oh. Um, but that kind of aquatic floating sea life thing was sort of Lily's thing, right? And then it, it, he severed himself from that real quick. He's like, I don't have anything to do with that. Wow. So, but then it gets more interesting. This is not related to flotation, but what he did after that, I think, is way crazier. Okay. It's crazier than a lady living with dolphins. Are you ready? Okay. So in the 70s, uh, he decided to start experimenting on himself. Okay. So he started to do a whole bunch of LSD okay. and other psychoactive drugs, and he received a revelation from the universe. Oh, that there's a hierarchical group of cosmic entities that run the universe okay. and they communicate via coincidence. Okay. All right. So we... The dinks. Yes. If, if we are able, as earthlings, are able to tap into the coincidence network, then we would be overseen by the Earth Coincidence Control Office, E-C-C-O, which reports... To the Cosmic Coincidence Control Center, CCCC, which reports to the Galactic Coincidence Control, GCC, which reports to the Solar System Control Unit, SSCU. This guy is like putting Andrew K. Dick to shame. Well, he invented bureaucracy. Okay. For coincidence. Yes, for coincidences. G- Galactic cosmic coincidence bureaucracy. Wow, that is some powerful LSD. <laughs> <laughs> I think he probably said, you know, the next thing I do is going to be so far away from water and, and dolphins and stuff. I'm really going to separate myself from that crazy <laughs> and do, whole something, new level do something really different. Yeah. And that's what he did. Okay. So... Welcome to the Earth Coincidence Control Office. It's on the door, you know? Yep. Yeah, so that's Lily. That's why we have flotation tanks. Meanwhile, Joyce finds a body. <laughs> of course she does. I remember the first time I saw this episode, I was not surprised at all that she wasn't alone in the pool. No. And that that person was dead. So Tom, in the meantime, is with Cloud. Cloud. Who says if he leaves, she won't get paid. Mm-hmm. Which I don't like her at all, of course. And then she you does. Don't? No, she does. But some she's co- like a hairdresser. She does some cold breeding mm-hmm. on him, and he knows that. And then they show up and are like, "There's been an accident." And he's like, "Yes, I can take well, off no, this robe and he, put on my suit." He's really worried about Joyce. Yeah, he is. But he's also relieved to not have to have his chakra red anymore or his aura red anymore. Yes. You don't like Cloud? No. I don't. She's a cold reader. I don't. Li- I don't like those people. I can understand why you think that's deceptive, but I think there's also scenarios where it's very comforting to people to feel like, oh, somebody, somebody understands. You know, I, I understand. she does get him to talk 
about his dad and stuff. Yes, she does. And he wouldn't have if she didn't. So it's to his benefit, I think, in so the long run. George is on the scene and Jones is on the scene. And Jones is S-I-O. Yeah. Because Tom's technically on vacation. Yep. So he can't be in charge of the investigation. And he totally makes fun of Jones the whole time because of it. <laughs> He's like, well, if I was SIO, I might do this. Or I'm not SIO, so I don't know what to do. Or, you know. George is okay here. Later on, he goes a bit batty, but he's okay here. <laughs> Kenny has disappeared. He's yes. sending mean texts to, to Kitty signed Kenneth. That's Phoebe's first big mistake. Yeah, absolutely. The text says, I can't take it anymore. You're on your own now, bitch. Kenneth. Yeah. Not only, She's his, met him. His mother wouldn't call him Kenneth. And who signs a text anyway? You no. can see who it's from. People don't sign texts. You don't have to. No, you don't. They find an empty Tamazepan bottle in Kitty's medicine cabinet. So they got to go talk to Dr. Danby, who's also a tennis coach, apparently. And Mrs. Fox, who, like, doesn't she seem enamored with the doctor, even though later on we find out that she's Luke's ex-wife? Yeah. Like... Well, and she's this weird character, because she's not a main character, but she's not just an off-scene extra. She's, like, in an outer orbit of the episode. Yeah. And she just kind of dips in when it's important, like... When we need to see her muddy she, boobs or when she needs to interact with the doctor. She's or when Chekhov's Mrs. Fox. Yes. That's what she is. <laughs> and then I love Joyce. Well, I guess you don't want to hear the gossip then. Yeah. And Tom's like, back it up, back it up. What gossip? Oh, the spa's broke. They're barely staying afloat. Interesting. So they do some investigation and they find out about Phoebe inheriting the manor. They find out that Carter and Miranda find out that a guest had died. Basically, Carter stomps around and is angry. I don't... Carter has no point at all, except that yeah. Miranda couldn't be that mad by herself. Yeah. Or she's too restrained to do the things that would actually incite stuff. So she needs a sidekick, and Carter is the sidekick. Yeah. I love, Tom is genuinely concerned about Joyce because, of course, he always is whenever she finds a body because mm -hmm. <laughs> it happens so often. And he's like, do you want to go home? And she's like, no, I'm fine. I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a mud wrap. Yeah. I'm not going to let one body bother me. It's just one <laughs> in the pool with me. Just one. So Cloud talks again to Barnaby and then Barnaby goes and finds Joyce. Yeah. Because he wants to talk to her about his dad. And he finds her in the mud wrap room, mm -hmm. topless, mm -hmm. covered in mud, mm -hmm. and goes to start talking to her. Mm -hmm. And he's pouring his... He's his, about to. Yeah, he's about to pour his heart out. And we realize it's Mrs. Fox with the rubes out, and Joyce finds him in there. And he's like... I, I, I. She's actually kind of cool about it. Yeah. But... If I were Joyce, I, I wouldn't so much be offended as him seeing another woman naked as much as I would be like, don't you recognize my boobs? Don't you know those aren't my boobs? I would think that. I realize that she's got stuff all over her face and a towel and something over her eyes. But I, mean, I think you would recognize my feet. Yeah. You would say those aren't Sarah's feet. I would think so. Not that I have weird feet. No, beautiful <laughs> but, feet. But they're, but they're different. Yes. 
They're Sarah feet. They're my feet. Yeah. And I think you would recognize them. And I would be offended if you thought some other woman was me well, just because she had mud on. Tom's, Tom stomps out. <laughs> goes to the cricketers. Now, have you ever had a mud treatment of any sort? No. Would you? Absolutely. Yeah? In a second. Why? Because it's a new experience. <laughs> You're so good. The idea of that just, ah, uh, it just kind of grosses me out <laughs> because it gets cold. Like they put the mud on and then it dries out. It, yeah. it, it, well, they'd have to keep the room warm. Well, I read a few things like there, there are some marine mud treatments where they, they lather the mud on you and then they put you out in the sun. So I started looking into other kind of weird spa treatments. Not that a mud wrap is that weird. Nope. But I thought that's tip of the iceberg. That's yeah. run of the mill stuff now. I'm sure. Oh boy. Now you know about fish pedicures, right? Yes. You put your feet in this bin full of fish and the fish nibble away your dead skin skulls. Yes. Yes. That's weird enough. Okay. First of all, I think it would tickle. I, my gosh, it would tickle. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I uh, no, but that's not as bad as snail mucus facials. Whoa, no, no. Apparently the that's my line. Apparently that's it. <laughs> like fish, okay. Snails, not so much. Mucus. I think it's the it's M the word. Mucus? It's the M word. Apparently, it's very good at hydrating your skin. It has some kind of enzymes in it that. Regenerate. I go to the bathroom 44 times a day. I'm hydrated. I'm good. <laughs> but is your skin, is your face? Yes, Do you absolutely. Need your face kind of moisturized. No. You know? You know? No, I'm good. Uh, they don't put the actual snails on you. They scrape the slime off the snails and then put it on your face. Oh, no. No? Okay. Um, how about. That's an excuse to hire people. How about snake massage? I can see that. They're non venomous. Yeah. They do this in Israel. Yeah. And they oil you up. Yep. And then they put snakes on you. Yeah, I can see that. Would you do that? If somebody else paid for it, probably. Really? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like they put the heavy snakes like on your shoulders. Yeah. So they kind of rub your traps. I can see that. And they put the smaller snakes like on your appendages and your head. Yeah. And they just slither around all over you. Yeah, I can see that. I know they're not slimy. No, snakes aren't slimy. I know that, but... They're beautiful creatures. I don't want them on me. I can understand you not wanting them on me, on you, but I don't mind them. They're beautiful, but I don't want them on me. Yeah. The biggest hoax one I saw... See, at least the snakes, you can see how their weight might actually be helpful to your muscles. But there are gemstone massages. Ge gemstone massages. Where the oils are infused with microscopic fragments of gems. Yeah, that's snake oil. Speaking of snakes. And it's supposed to have, like, magical properties to make no. you feel better. There's no such thing as magic. My favorite, and the one that I might actually try, except I'm not allowed to is the hammam treatment that you get in like Morocco or Turkey where you go into a steam room and like super steamy, like you can't see your hand in front of your face steamy and then they scrub you really hard all over uh, and then they put you on that, that marble slab and stretch you and like 
punch your muscles yep. and that would feel great, but women aren't allowed to have it. So. Yeah. I'd do that in a second. But so th- there's, there's places now in the U S where you can have that done, but the, all the reviews said, this is not remotely as good as it is in Morocco or Turkey. Oh, you have to go okay. get the original, you know, treatment. Of course. It's not the same. Of course. And that mud, that's not Marine mud. That's just mud. It's got to be special mud. Special mud. Well, yes, we get to go to the bar. What's the bar's name? What's the, the Cricketers. Name? The Cricketers. And the bartender, Clarky. Yes. Who is selling 5.1 APV ale. Now, he gives him, uh, he gives Tom a glass of old curmudgeon. Yes. Now, there is a curmudgeon ale. Yes. Also, as with every other scene in a pub for a long time now, Cost and Ale is on all the pot, on all the taps. Yes, they've done a really good job at consistent yep. branding of that imaginary ale. Yep. It'll chase off a soya bean. <laughs> at five yards. We've made him a we've made him a pirate. Yep. <laughs> he's he's a he's a he's a landlord of a pub. He's not yeah, I drink the old curmudgeon. So there's a retox menu. Yes. Which is fun. That's I, so fun. I think that I love the pub. And they would absolutely have that if they were that yeah. near that spa. <laughs> you get a fillet steak. You get hand cut chips. Okay. Mm-hmm. You get apple crumble and clotted cream. Mm-hmm. Did you see the price on this? No. Seven pounds. Oh, I'm in. How are they staying in business? Because I'm going there every day for lunch. They make money off the beer. They must. That's where the money is made. I guess. At most pubs, it's the drinks. That's cheap. That's incredibly cheap food. Yeah. Sign me up. I'm ready. I think Todd wants seconds. Yeah. (laughs) Instead, he has to go out and talk to to Carter, who's still reading Dostoevsky. He's like one of those guys in a coffee shop who's looking at a book, not reading it, but looking at a book that looks smart. Yeah. Because he wants people to think that he's the kind of person who reads that book. Did you see the extended shot of the kids on the green? No. Yeah, they're learning to play cricket. They have little plastic cricket out. Uh, Aww. Things. That's cute. Yes. Except for the children that are missing in this episode. <laughs> they're not children. They're adults. Phoebe has adult children who are off living their lives, and they're not involved in her murders. If there was a murder at where my mother is... I would call her at the very least. We don't know that they didn't call. Maybe oh. they did call. Where are those children? What, do you really want to see the scene where her kids call and go, hey, are you okay? Did you kill that guy? And she's like, yeah, I did. And they're like, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> are we still going to have Christmas? Well, we'll see if I get caught. <laughs> I don't know why you care about her kids. So that night, Luke is working out. No one works out in workout clothes in this episode also. He wears sweats. He has sweats, but... Working out in sweats just, again, it makes me feel over hot and claustrophobic thinking about it. Like, maybe sweatpants, but a t-shirt. And he's working on a pec deck machine. Yes. I don't understand where the weights come from that squash him. They're supposed to come from over his head. But as I noticed in the first scene, there are no weights over his head. No. There are so many problems with this particular murder. How does she know he's going to use that machine? How does she know no nobody else from the spa is going to use that machine? Well, okay, it's after hours, and he works out there every night. Usually Julian's with him, and 
he's he's we in the opening scene we see him trying to improve. But there are how many of those pre- there are three pe- presses other he can do. people in that room then. Yeah, like I think she could have finagled her way into having nobody in there but him. She runs the place. Uh, I don't know. Never mind the fact that she does all this stuff on the first night. She kills Kitty. She bops Kenny in the head. Mm-hmm. She drags him all over the... Well, she doesn't have to because he wanders around yeah, half out he, for a while. He gets him to the pump house, and it's in the middle of the night. She said it's in the middle of the yeah. night. And and we know that Mrs. Fox is done with Luke. So where does Luke think she is? Doing something around the hotel. At three in the morning? Yeah. That's how, that's how it works, man. You yeah. run the hotel... People like Kitty will call you at any hour, and you got to go do something. Oh, you're you're giving them too much credit. I scoured sites with replacement parts for Peck Deck machines. Yes, and there is no compression plate no. anywhere on a Peck Deck machine. Which I don't even like saying Peck Deck machine because it just sounds. Blech. It seems silly. Jones says it's a compression plate. It is clearly a swivel plate. Yes, it is clearly a swivel plate. It's what you use to make a lazy Susan. Yes. That's what it is. And they call it a compression plate. And it's a nice big swivel plate, too. I'd kind of like to have that. I could build some cool stuff with that. Luckily, Phoebe stores it in the back of Carter's truck. Yeah, just shoves it back there with an oil oil lamp? Something. Something? Yeah. I don't know. His junk jalopy is bothering me. Well, she... at, At one point, Miranda's in the car with him. And then the next time we see his truck, it's full of books. Yeah. Plus, he has a mess. In Maybe his car. she's sitting on the books and when she's riding around with them. As we've mentioned before, I have a problem with mess <laughs> in cars. Say what you want to about Luke's murder, how unlikely it is that the machine would malfunction in that way. Wow, does that look painful? Like, you can, like, when it happens, you can almost feel like, oof, like what that would feel like. And I understand that that would cause deep internal injuries. Oh, yeah. Okay, it would kill you. I don't know if it would kill you. Right away. Oh, it might be slow, but you're not getting up. No, 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 no. It might take you a while to die, but you're going to die. I'm thinking it probably took him a few hours to die. That that is some lonely time of the soul, man. Especially somebody that you're married to that you loved at some point. Yep. But she wasn't there, right? She rigs it and she leaves. Yep. So she doesn't have to see it happen. And she's busy, so she's not even going to check in on him. Yeah, there's all the sympathy for Phoebe at the end that I don't have. No, I don't either. She is an evil person. Meanwhile, Julian, Julian's job, what does he do? He is the trainer. Okay. So he's supposed to be like working people out. Yes. Not just in the gym, but like helping them run and at stuff. The, at the tennis, maybe? I don't know. I know he's afraid of going back to New Eaton, Nuneaton. Nuneaton. I tried to find if. It was so bad there, and I found it was so boring there. Well, I found 15 awesome things to do in Nuneaton. Oh, okay. Now, I'm not going to tell you about all 15. Okay. This is from a site called thecrazytourist.com. Okay. Which is, it, it's far more informational than it sounds. Okay. It's not for crazy people. But it's clear that the person who was asked to write this article had to do some digging. Oh, To, to find 15, 15 things. So let me just tell you a few. Now, about. is this like a place like uh, Milton Keynes that's been manufactured? No, or? no, 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 no. It's okay. it's a 
A hamlet. Okay. It's larger than a village. 90,000 people. But it's not a city. Well, it's a city. Yeah. But it it's not as popular as the cities that are around it. Okay. It's one of those places where you would say, uh, where's Nuneaton? And you'd say, oh, it's between this place and that place. Uh, and those okay. are the places that people would know. Okay. okay? Um, George Eliot was born there. Yes, George Eliot was she born there. She wrote Silas Marner. Yep. That's the most important thing about Nuneaton. Yes. <laughs> Is that George Eliot was I, born I read there. through the list of famous people from Dun- uh, Nuneaton, Nuneaton, and I knew George Eliot. And that was it? Yes. Um, there's also an art museum there that specializes in, in military art. Oh. But they do have a George Eliot area for kids, including... George Eliot board game that you can sit and play. Oh. And George Eliot coloring pages. Excellent. Because, you know, when you think of George Eliot, you think coloring. Little kids in coloring. She's not Beatrix Potter. No. Uh, (laughs) Okay, I'm going to save those two for last. All right. um, Sorry, I'm laughing to myself because I can see my list and you can't. The Battle of Bosworth was fought just a few miles away. Yeah. So it's kind of considered to be sort of in Nuneaton. It's kinda, yeah. It's close enough. That's where Henry VII defeated Richard III. Okay. My kingdom for a horse. horse. That's Bosworth, yeah. right? Bosworth. So that's outside yeah. Nuneaton. And then my two favorite things, there's a, a, a renovated set of barns kind of right outside town that's been turned into... Craft shops and art studios. Um, like the repair shop? Yes, like the repair shop, but more of them. Okay. Um, and it's called Horror Park. Horror Park. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. H-O-A-R. Okay. Horror Park. And the highlights are that they have pygmy goats. Okay. And cooney cooney pigs. Cooney cooney pigs? Yes. Cooney cooney is Maori for fat and round. Oh, Excellent. They're like, they're not miniature pigs, but they're on the smaller side of pigs. And I'm betting they're fat and round. And they're hairy. Oh. And they have those really heavy brows, Oh, you know, that come way down. Yeah. So it's like a sphere with a snout on the front. Nice. They're called cooney cooney pigs. Cooney cooney pigs. We'll put a picture of them in the show notes. But my very favorite thing in Nuneaton. The very favorite The place that I would be certain to go is the Nuneaton nipple. Oh, Okay. There's a big granite mine there, um, and all the spoil from the granite quarry, not a mine, a quarry, they piled up in one big pile, um, sort of like a small hill. Yeah. But it's very steep, right, because it's a pile, and now it has pretty grass and wildflowers that grow on it. Okay. But it's so steep that you can't climb it. You're not allowed to climb it for your own safety. And they call it the Nuneaton Nipple. Oh, we'll have to put a picture of that. In the show notes as well. Which is just fun to say. (laughs) Maybe Julian doesn't want to go back to the nipple. (laughs) I don't want to go back and work with the Cooney Cooney pigs and climb the Nuneaton nipple anymore. Happier here at Swaverly. Swaverly? Swaverly? I guess. Uh. Miranda explains what platonic means to Tom. I'm like, Tom knows. Yeah. He's had quite a few platonic relationships. We've seen him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't get I think she's supposed to be kind of a bohemian artist type. Yeah. But she's, she's also really mean. She's very uppity. Yeah. And kind of snobby for somebody who's supposed to be kind of a uh loving artist type. I, I don't I don't the only person she seems to like are Phoebe and Carter. That's it. She's gotta be a hell of a writer if she sold that first book after thirty years for a a big pile of money. Buckets of money. Buckets. Piles. 
Meanwhile, Kenny is still gone. Yes. Okay. Now it's time to go to the morgue. The morgue of madness. <laughs> Where Kitty and Luke are. And George, George is irritated. <laughs> George explains that Kitty died of drowning. Mm-hmm. He can't tell if it's accidental or not. And he can't tell if uh, Luke's death is accidental or not. And Barnaby says something and George goes, don't mention it. Like really loud. Yeah, yeah. I don't he, know why he's I so think, angry. I think we're supposed to think that George is frustrated because he just simply cannot assess what happened. And that's his job is to try to figure out what happened. And he can't. So he's irritated. But he sounds irritated with Barnaby. Well, you know, Barnaby's going to come in and say, well, how did they die? I don't know. <laughs> I can't tell you that. Bunch of vodka, tramazepam, water in her lungs. How did that happen? I don't know. Crushed by a bunch of weights. How'd that happen? I don't know. So Tom goes back to the spa. A weird scene happens Mm -hmm. where he talks to Cloud and then he's kind of in a haze. It's sort of like he's been drugged. Yeah. But I think it's supposed to be that he is feeling discombobulated or overwhelmed. I guess. I have high blood pressure, and if I don't take my medicine, I get kind of swoopy. Maybe that's supposed to be it. Maybe he's getting anxious. I don't know. I don't know. But then George shows up and says, cheer up, Tom. You might have a murder after all. Yes, and and, uh, Joan shows up with, these is the evidence that we will find planted later. Yes, there's no prints on the vodka bottle, and it's been rinsed out along with the glasses. Tom goes to sit in the Garden of Contemplation. The magic garden. <laughs> it is pretty. It is pretty. I would have that in my backyard if somebody else would take care of it. Yeah, I can see that. I have a note here that says, does too much soft focus make George angry? <laughs> well, and then Cloud tries to pull that. If you want to see something clearly, you should face in the opposite direction. Yeah. What? It makes no sense at all. No. But then... Cully! Yes. Cully and Jones and and Joyce drinking wine. Plotting together at the dining room table. Oh, they're plotting. Something's <laughs> up. They're planning his party, which they just tell him. Yes. And he's like, whatever, I don't believe you. Then Julian's in the grotto. Mm-hmm. The magic grotto, as I call it in my notes. And before this, both Phoebe and Julian make mention that she's had to let all the staff go. Yes. They're closing it down. What are Cloud and Julian still doing there? Well, Cloud's packing up her stuff. I think we're supposed to think that Cloud is an independent contractor, right? So she would buy her own supplies, like a beautician. She has her own supplies. She gets paid by the job. So if people go and and have one of her services, she gets paid. I guess. What I thought when Julian was in the Garden of Contemplation and the fountain goes off was that the Buddha somehow controlled the fountain. Like I thought, if you get like if you if you get in the line, the eyesight of the Buddha, the fountain goes off or something. Because oh. Julian's kind of wavering around and the fountain goes off and on, off and on. Meanwhile, it's just Kenny's head rubbing against the the big wheel. Poor Kenny. <laughs> Kenny is not a nice person. No, but he doesn't deserve but what he, he gets. He does not deserve what he gets. <laughs> Poor guy. How many, How long is he in the... He's there for like a week and a half. I need to dig into that for a second. Okay. okay. Because when we first get to the spa, 
doesn't Joy say his birthday is in like a week and a half? Yes. And he finds Kenny the like two the, days before his birthday. Yes. So Kenny is in that pump house for a week. Yeah. No water, no food. He would be so dead. He'd be dead. He'd I be think dead. he'd be dead. But of course, the top of it is just a grate. So yeah. why he's not just screaming his head off, I don't know. Because somebody would hear him. How hard did she hit him? Not hard enough. Yeah, I didn't hit him hard enough, did I? Well, she hits him more than once. So they show up at Miranda's house with the... Search warrants. Search warrants. Which apparently took a week to get. And Jones forgets his gloves because he touches everything with his hands. I thought he had gloves on. He no. doesn't? No. Well, he finds the keys and he finds the compression plate. Yes. Otherwise known as a lazy Susan. And we find out and that... Jones gets pissed at Barnaby here. Yeah. Because Jones is supposed to be SIO. Yep. And he thinks he's got it under control. And then Tom is like, wait, don't arrest them. Because he knows something that he hasn't shared with Jones. Yes. If the tables were turned, Tom would be mad too. Yes. If Jones was saying, wait a minute, don't arrest them. I know something. And he hadn't shared it with Tom, he'd be ticked off. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But they find the master keys to the spa. Yes. That would have been Carter's when he worked there. Yes. And the compression plate. And they're like, aha, it's you. No, they've been planted. Yes. And Kenny's car is in the woods. Yep. But where is Kenny? We don't know. We don't know. But we we do know that Julian knows about the book. He knows the book's almost finished, and he knows that she keeps it in the safe. And we know that Mrs. Fox and Luke are were previously married. Right. And then we find out the cloud is Dr. Danby's daughter. And we find out that Mrs. Fox saw Phoebe on the night in question. Yes. I'm calling her Mrs. Fox. It just makes me think of Mr. Fox. Yes. She should be more interesting than she is. <sighs> and why does she want Luke back anyway? He dumped her because she didn't have enough money? Yeah. And now that Phoebe's broke, he's willing to go back with her. Like, good riddance. So then Barnaby and Jones play a little trick on Phoebe because they know what's up now. Mm-hmm. They just need to know where Kenny is. Phoebe is the worst murderer ever. I don't know. There's she, blood all over that tanning bed. She could have cleaned it in a week. She could have. Yes, okay. but on in her defense, as as a good murderer, <laughs> she's a tiny woman. Yeah, and she gets a lot done. She does the squeak, squeak, squeak of that bin, man. Yeah, that bin rolling over rough ground. What was she planning on doing? Was she going to put Kenny's body in the bin? Yeah, and then put him somewhere. Mm, maybe in the contemplation garden pond. Tom finds Kenny, who has seen better days. Poor Kenny. He is in some He's rough got a shape. bad ponytail, but he doesn't deserve that. Yeah. And we find out that she had to beat up Kenny because he was supposed to go golfing. And she was He gonna... shouldn't have been there when she killed Kitty. Yeah. But he was, so she had to get rid of him too. He bops up in the in the w- window. <laughs> like Jack Nicholson in the shining. Yep. <laughs> so she has to improvise. Then Kenny has to go because uh, he's going to destroy the book. No, that's Luke. Yes, Luke has to go. Yeah, so, so she, she kills Kitty because Kitty's going to invest in the spa and she can't have Kitty being in charge. Yep. Then she kills Kenny. She thinks she kills Kenny because he got in the way of her killing Kitty. Yes. 
But then her motive changes. Yes. Now I have to kill Luke because he's going to take my friend's book. Yes. And I feel bad that I said the book didn't exist, so I can't let him do anything with it. Like That's enough to make you not love him anymore? Yeah. She is on the edge already. Yeah. And I just, I, I don't know. I think... I think but long before this point, Miranda would have proven to her that the book exists. And she says at one point to Mar- to Phoebe that the book is about them. And then later on, she talks to Barnaby about the book. And it's about a woman who goes to jail. But who didn't do it. But didn't do it. And I'm like. It's not about Phoebe. Phoebe did it. Yeah. Phoebe How is really it about it. them? Phoebe really did it. We and, saw Phoebe do it. And then Miranda says the most incredulous thing that she says throughout the whole episode which is i'll be here when you get back no you won't no you'll be long dead she's going up the pokey forever yeah i mean the uk has more lax sentencing than we have here but she's certainly going away for 30 or 40 years i would think for, for two murders and an attempted murder just when i hate carter enough he brings it home I'm saying toodle pip. <laughs> toodle pip. The scenes with Tom's dad. Yes. What did you think about when he turns to the camera and it's Tom dressed as his dad? Okay. It is nearly impossible as a man to not see yourself in relationship to your father. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just part of growing up. Mm-hmm. So seeing Tom in the bucket hat fishing is... I, I can completely see that. Mm-hmm. I wish it didn't look so on Golden Pondish. Well, it's Tom's imagination yeah. of what it would have been like, right? Because he wasn't there. Yeah. And it's a sad story he tells yeah. that his dad died. What I don't understand is Joyce would know all of this. Yeah. She would know that he asked him to go fishing and then he turned him down to go out to lunch with Joyce. Because I'm sure he would have been angry at the time right he would have said i'm not going fishing with him i'm mad at him and then he died i would i would think immediately he would have told her wow i feel bad that i didn't go yeah like as soon as you find out that his dad's passed away you'd feel bad but then i think they do a great job of lightening it up with the buddha moving yeah i love that yeah and (laughs) by the way tom passed his medical he passed his medical hey Mm -hmm. did you know he passed his medical (laughs) There would there's a lot of shows where he would have said that he passed it and he hadn't. Yeah. And he would retire knowing he hadn't passed it. Yeah. So I'm glad that they say that he did pass it. He's retiring out of choice and not being forced to because he didn't pass. So there's this birthday party. Mm-hmm. And Tom blows on the cake. There's ADR of Jones saying, and he passed his medical. Yes. And then it in the ITV version. Sorry, the the BritBox version. They do the shortened ending. And they do this kind of outside of the house look in thing Mm -hmm. that they do in Killer Vision all the time. (laughs) I'm I'm like, I've watched too many Midsummer episodes. I think the killer's out there (laughs) watching Phoebe's out there in the bush. Tom's next. (laughs) Now... But they also did it like in the Christmas episode where you're looking from the outside in at this happy, nice, warm home and people yes. being happy inside, right? Yes. You could see it that way, Mark. You could, but I've watched too many minutes. <laughs> then there's the longer version of this ending. So everyone is there. And by everyone, we mean John Barnaby is there. 
Tully, George, Jones, John, Joyce, and Gail. Yes. Are there. The, the core cast. Yes. Jones says the same ADR thing. Stevens has a mini skirt on. Yes. A short, short skirt. Where's Kath? Um, <laughs> George's wife is busy. She's got what things is to she do. busy with doing? She's a doctor. <laughs> it's nighttime. So, and um, John's wife, Sarah, is still Net cast. at Brighton. <laughs> and not cast. Because he's just recently transferred there and she yes. hasn't come yet. Yes. That's she, what I decided. She happened. hasn't been cast yet. She doesn't have a job there yet. Nope. So, you know, or maybe she had to put in a longer notice at her job than he would have being transferred. So he, he gives a nice speech. Barnaby gives a nice speech. Says they're going on indefinite holiday. He toasts every individual person in that room except Stevens. Yes. And this is Stevens' last episode, too. He could have said something. Something. And like, and we're glad to have you as part of the team. Anything. It's a very sweet toast that he gives, though. It made me kind of tear up a little bit. When he talks to Cully and Joyce, I kind of teared up a bit. Yeah, but not as much as I did when you see his face as everybody else leaves one at a time. Yeah. John and Jones head out. George says, well, I better go to Stevens is so funny because she doesn't hug him. She just grabs his hand and goes, sir, and walks out. And then there's this shot of Tom's face. Yeah. Where he's like proud on one hand. But he's. But it left behind. He's one of the left behind now. Yeah. And I'm glad Cully and Joyce are there. Yeah. Because they know this drill. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's weird that you're still here. Yes. <laughs> and I love that it's Badger's Drift. Yep. It's the vicar yep. and he's hung by a bell rope. Yep. It's like quintessential midsummer thing going on somewhere. <laughs> We're, we never get that episode, but I'm okay with that. We've got that episode. It's just a bunch of other episodes <laughs> pieced together. And it's what, the third, the fourth vicar of Badger's Drift I think we're on the fourth vicar of Badger's Drift. (laughs) Everybody leaves the party. Yep. But he's there with Joyce and Cully. And he gets to have his cake and eat it too. Yeah. he's And that's okay. So here's something crazy that I discovered. Based on when his birthday, when Tom's birthday is supposed to be, that we, we find out in a different episode that his birthday is April 20th. Yep. So this is April 20th. That's my dad's birthday. That's weird. It's weird that Cully got married on our wedding, our, our the day that we got married, the same yep. year we got married. The same year we got married. Um, Tom and my dad same this, share the same birthday, but not the same year. Yeah. But I was like, April 20th, that sounds, oh my gosh, that's my dad's birthday. That's weird. That is weird. But uh, it's not John Nettles' birthday. No. John Nettles' birthday is in October. Yes. Because I know that, you know, because like, you know, me and John were real tight. We're tight, man. <laughs> He he would have been 73. At when this was filmed? Yeah. He doesn't look 73. No, he looks great. Yeah, he looks He's great. got those pajamas on at the spa thin. with it unbuttoned, yep. of course. But he is long past retirement, too. 65. Yeah. You know. He's, he is past retirement. He He's done his bit. Yeah. I always hate it when he breathes hard, and he breathes hard in some of the later episodes. But, you know, he did that in Bergerac, too. That's just a John Nettles thing. That's a John Nettles thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Best corpse? (laughs) Nice corpse. Well, we got Kitty in the water. 
Mm-hmm. We got Luke in the in the peck deck. And I gotta say that we we almost have <laughs> You almost have Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> He's quasi dead. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Luke. Because he has that machinery and all that stuff, especially around his chest. And it's not moving. Yeah, me too. Plus, ouch. Yeah. That's got to be heavy on his chest. Now, Kitty does a good job floating yeah, and not looking does. alive. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm going with Luke. Okay. After the credits. Okay. Miranda waits and then dies. Miranda publishes her book. Gets boatloads of money. Yeah. And just hangs out, writes another book. I have to think that the missing children sell the house. I would think that they would, yeah. Or or come back to run it or something. something. But I would think that they probably sell it. Poor Julian goes back. So Carter's got to, like, I don't know, keep doing what he's doing, I guess. Work? Whatever she pays him to do. I guess. Yeah, Julian's going back to Nuneaton. Natasha Fox. Has no plans. She's sad. She's sad. Dr. Danby and Cloud move on to a different resort. Kenny's sad. I don't know. Is Kenny sad? I don't know. We haven't even talked about Florence. Kitty was a handful. Yeah, she was. Maybe Florence and Julian will go off together. Maybe. I could see Maybe that. she'll go back to Nuneaton with him, and they can go to the Nuneaton nipple together. The problem is poor Clarky. Clarky's not a problem. He's got his pub. He's fine. Yeah, but he's got no redox menu anymore. That's true. He's got no reason to have that joke menu anymore. Now, you said he was a known entity. Um, Yeah, I mean, he's got way more credits than you'd think he did. But yeah. he, he was in one movie that we've talked about before yeah. um, called The Beast Must Die, the one about yeah. the eight people who go to the island and one of them is a werewolf. Yeah. He's in that movie. Oh, he's in that movie? Okay. Yeah. I have since watched that movie. Sean Dingwall, who plays Carter, um, he's in the new um, Magritte. Yes, with he is. Rowan Atkinson, yes. he's got a big role in that. Yeah, um, and I have to tell you, so Cloud, Kimberly Nixon, this is one of her first big roles. She's a, a far more prominent actress now yes. than she was then. I recognized her. I'm like, what do I know her from? What do I know her from? And she was in the David Suchet Poirot, the three act tragedy. She played Egg. That's right. She's Egg. Egg. Yeah. Who you never forget because her name is Egg. Yeah, and she's the. The reason that the murders happened. Yeah. But she was also in a movie called Angus Things. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging. Yes, which we've watched. We've watched that movie. Her character's name is Wet Lindsay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's quite that's the credit. That's based on a YT uh, young uh, adult novel. Yeah. And- and Geraldine James, who plays Miranda, she's Mrs. Hudson in the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movies. Yeah, she's that been makes in sense. a lot of things, a lot, a lot, a lot of that things. That makes sense. Um, but I was like, where have I seen her recently? And that's where we'd seen her recently. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, Leslie Manville, who plays Phoebe Archibald, she's in everything. She's been yeah, in all kinds she's of been stuff. in tons. Of stuff. I don't even have any horrible movies for you this week. No. Nope. All these people have been very careful and tactful about their. They're choices of roles. That we haven't covered before. Or we've covered them before. Yes. Yeah. So so I didn't even have any bad movies. That's okay, because we're gearing up for next time. Okay. Next time, we are going to go through our best Barnaby moments. So these are Tom, Cully, and Joyce. Yes. 
And we're asking again for you guys to send audio because it always makes a better episode if we hear your voice. We're going to talk about worst meals, best outfits, worst volunteer jobs. Yep. (laughs) We've got it. Yep. Uh, We're going to give it to you. And we're going to not be sad about saying goodbye to Tom because he did his bit for 13 seasons and he He was awesome. And we also love John and we're excited to talk about the John episodes. But next week we're saying goodbye to the original Barnabies. Yep. And we're going to have a lot of fun. Yes. So join us then. So until then. Bye, maniacs. Bye, maniacs. Especially for crime and punishment. You don't want to be anybody in this story. Nobody. No. And our roles were assigned, too. I had to play the daughter who was a prostitute, an unwilling prostitute. And I had to give a a performance of her perspective of the story. I'm unwilling to be a prostitute. (laughs) Yes. (laughs)